This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. All right, let's talk money. And we're going to go to Mary Holm now with a regular fortnightly segment. Hi, Mary. Jesse. Can I say that a member of my whānau uh, recently or is, is in the process of buying her first house uh, yeah. and I've been sort of talking her through it and I am so grateful to be able to, when she says to me, what should I do with uh, arranging the mortgage, what should I go for, fixed or floated, to be able to go onto your website and find a column or a chat we've had that directly answers that question. There would be very few Aww. money questions that you haven't covered at some point, but that was a real good one, Mary, so thank you. Oh, thanks, Jesse. You, you sort of hope after, uh, since I've been writing my Herald column since 1998, uh, that I would have covered most things in that time, and um, those columns aren't on my website, but it goes back, 10 years or more, so yeah, there's a bit of stuff there, yeah. No, interestingly, that's um, that's yeah, interestingly, the, the one I found for her was from 2016. Um, the yeah. advice won't have changed much, but uh, it was a reminder, maybe we should do a sort of refresher course on structuring your mortgage at some point. Sure, I'll make a note of that to get it <laughs> here before the end of the year. Yep. Okay, t- today we're on KiwiSaver though, and your topic is doing KiwiSaver badly. Yes, yes, and it grew out of um, the FMA, Financial Markets Authorities, just put out of their annual report on KiwiSaver. And I was looking through it and started thinking, gosh, still, after all these years, um, a lot of people who aren't doing it, you know, optimally, shall we say, um, to start start out with people who aren't even in the scheme. We've, we've got over 3 million people in it now, which is, you know, pretty impressive, but that still means mm. there's about, about 2 million who aren't. And these days, everybody can join. Um, it used to be people over 65 couldn't, but these days, over 65s can join. And I'll talk in a minute about how they might best use KiwiSaver, but the point is that everyone might as well be in there. The under-18s, it's a bit more debatable. Um, In fact, have you got that question a a listener sent in today, I think, a question Um, getting the grand... I don't... No, look, we, I can just oh, say Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to read that one out to you if, if I can find oh, it gosh. here. Give me a second. Sure. Um, yes, KiwiSaver for kids. Um, please could you ask Mary if it's correct that the government don't play the, pay the annual top-up to people under 18 years? We want to use KiwiSaver as an educational tool to teach our grandkids the benefits of compounding interest, and that top-up would prove a powerful incentive. Can Mary suggest an alternative? Asks Hillary. Yeah, well, Hillary, you, you're correct. There are you don't get any government incentives if you're under 18. At the beginning of KiwiSaver, there was a thousand dollars given to everybody of all ages when they signed up, but that's long since got lost in the mist, I'm afraid. But mm-hmm. um, you, so there are no um, no, there's no government money for under 18s, and there's no compulsory employer contributions. Although, if kids have 
part-time jobs as teenagers. Some employers contribute anyway, but they, they don't have to. But, I mean, I think KiwiSaver is a good thing for kids um, in that, yes, the, these grandparents were saying they'd quite like to teach teach the kids about compounding interests, and, and you know, you can do that in KiwiSaver. And um, they, it's also a good place for, for the young ones to to just start thinking about saving for a first home, really. They don't want to think about retirement, but but in their teens, some of them are starting to think about saving for a first home. Um, the, the downside, of course, is that the money is not accessible for anything but a first home. And so if you were thinking you'd quite like the kids to save up perhaps for going to university or starting a business or something like that, then KiwiSave is not the place, place for that money. But... In general, I think it's a pretty neat neat idea to get the kids into KiwiSaver and and be explaining to them what it's all about. But um, getting back to to people in general, our two million people or so who are not in KiwiSaver, the the basic point about it all is that because you're getting money coming in from the government and in many cases from an employer, your savings are going to grow quite a lot faster than they would in anything else, in any other savings scheme. Um, if, you're, if you're not an employee, which means you're including the self-employed or people at home looking after kids or, you know, for whatever beneficiaries, um, then every dollar you put in is, is the government puts in 50 cents for every dollar you put in up to 1,042 from you and 50 521 from the government. So that means your savings, if you're putting in 1,042 a year, which a lot of non-employees do, set that up to put in perhaps $87 a month, a good way to do it, then you're going to have one and a half times as much savings um, in KiwiSaver as you would somewhere else. And for most employees, it's more like twice because they get money from the government and from, from their employer. And that on average, roughly sort of doubles the money that you've put in. So instead of retiring with 200000 you retire with 400000 Very powerful. Now, we're going to, if we're not careful, Jesse, get emails or texts from people in, in KiwiSaver who are in these total remuneration schemes where effectively yeah. so they're employees who are effectively paying the, their own employer contributions. Um for those people, it isn't as good a deal, but nonetheless, you're still getting the $521 from the government. I wish we, we could get rid of that total remuneration. It's really annoying. I mean, at one point, governments did, did ban it, and then it came back in again, and I think it's a real pity. But still, even so, even if your company puts you under that sort of scheme, you still get free money from the government coming in. So... Um, it's a really good idea to be in there. So to the 2 million New Zealanders who are not, um, as I say, including retired people, and we'll get on to them in a minute, um, it's a really good idea to just get in there and set up, if you're not an employee, set up a regular contribution into KiwiSaver of, as I say, $87 a month is a good way to do it because that gets you the maximum from the government. But um, Okay. Mary, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit worried of all we've got to get through between now and 3.30, so should we, should yeah. we get into doing KiwiSaver badly and, and you um, yeah. share what you can in our remaining time? Yes, 
sure. Yes, yes. So the ones that I think uh, that I think oh the, the the worst ones are people who aren't contributing. They are. Um, we've got three million members, but more than one million of those are not putting any money into KiwiSaver, which must mean they're either on a, a saving suspension if they're an employee, or otherwise they're just they're not an employee and they just stop contributing. Um, and that's a real pity. A lot of people, I think, have got out of KiwiSaver because they said they can't afford it. But get back in again if you possibly can. If you can't afford 3% of your pay, um, take a saving suspension and then just put in $20 a week, which will get you the government the government's money. So just a real pity for all those people to be missing out on getting their savings boosted by the government um, and, in many cases, their employer. Then we've got right. people who switching too often. So um, in the in the KiwiSaver annual report, uh, apparently switches are, are up 57% on two years ago. I'm talking about switching from from one fund to another within your yeah. provider or switching well, from one Well, you know what's going on there. Well, it was last year. It, this didn't cover the COVID panic. The COVID panic last okay. year, was, it was even worse. But this year, people have got seem to have got into the habit of switching, and so there's still a heck of a lot of people switching. Now, 40% of those switches um, in the last recent year were to higher-risk funds, and generally speaking, I'd say those are probably good switches. People have thought about it, realised that perhaps after they've bought their house, they can take a bit more risk because they won't be taking money out until retirement, or they've learnt more about KiwiSaver and they realise that... um, they they can afford to be in a higher risk fund. If you move into a higher risk fund, you must promise yourself not to move down when the markets wobble around. But um, a lot of the rest of the people are moving to lower risk, um, which is suggests that they're sort of panicking when the markets fall, and that's a real pity. If you're a panicker, get to, into low risk and stay in low risk. But I don't like seeing people moving their money around as the markets move. It's it's a really bad thing to do. Um, in in the some some research has found that nearly 2,800 people in the year made five or more switches during the year. So they're moving their money around a lot, presumably because oh. they're trying to yeah trying to beat when the markets fall. They're trying to. Um, chase after them and get out of them after the markets have fallen and then they tend to get back in again too late. The people who switch around tend to do everything too late and end up way <laughs> behind way yeah. behind people who just get in and stay where they, where they are. So um, so please don't do that. People have a good reason to move, which is because you're moving to a lower fee fund or because you're moving to a more appropriate risk level for you, but then stay Stay put. It's, and plenty, you've written, you've written uh, thousands and thousands of words uh, on that over the years. People could find more detail on that if they if they I wanted to, or if they wanted have. to send something to a friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so because there's nothing worse. Or... Sorry, I'm distracting you, but I um, I, there's nothing worse than feeling like all your friends are panicking. You're reading um, yes. headlines in the newspaper and thinking, should I be acting on this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is which is not not good, which um, actually brings me to a point I did want to make, which is that this is World Investor Week, and the FMA is running that in New Zealand, and their theme for this year is um, addressing people who are 
making investment moves because of FOMO, of fear of missing out, um, mm. which is what you were sort of talking about. Um, and so the, if you feel like you're one of those people, um, the, the FMA website, fma.gov.nz, has got lots of information for investors, um, helping people make informed decisions, protecting themselves against risk, etc., um, getting things right rather than just investing because your friends are telling you to because so often the friends have not got it right either but have you got any good uh got any good crypto tips mary oh no jesse no um keep out of it unless you've unless you've got money that you can really play with i would say with crypto it's it's okay. yeah not a, we did i did promise to say to say something yeah. about over 65 we've got four minutes so we've got four keep minutes. on going oh, yeah Keep keep talking. Yeah, um, <laughs> over 65s are not really using KiwiSaver much, and you can get in at any age now. Um, most of them, only one in five, are in KiwiSaver though, apparently. So I'm suggesting people over 65 because they are allowed to get the money out whenever they want to, and so they can use KiwiSaver like a bank account, really, and put the put their spending money into a low risk KiwiSaver fund. A, um, a, the cash KiwiSaver fund will probably get them a somewhat slightly higher return than in bank term deposits. And then they can use other higher risk KiwiSaver funds for, you can be in several, they can tier them. So they've got middle risk um, money for money they're planning to spend within say say two to two to 10 years and then higher risk for money they're planning to spend after that. So, Yes, we've talked about this before, and there is lots of stuff on the website yeah. about it. Yeah, and, it and I'll just jump in and say that that we've talked about this before. But high risk doesn't mean that you're going to lose all your money. It just means it'll go up and down a bit in the next few years. So you need to make Ab- sure you're not planning on accessing it urgently. Yes, yes, quite. That's a really important point. Yes, people have got to. And, Je- and Jenny on email, Mary wants me to remind you that over 65s don't get the government top up, according to her accountant. But you'd already know that. Yes, yes. I think I said that earlier on, didn't I? I hope I yeah. did. No, you, that's absolutely right. And in the year you turn 18 and the year you turn 65 and the year you join KiwiSaver, your government contributions are only proportionate to how much of the KiwiSaver year, which goes July 1 to June 30, of how much of that year you're in or, or you're of an eligible age. So in those transition years, you don't get the full government 521. But after that, you do, unless you're over 65, at which point after that, you don't. But, yeah. Um, So the other thing that I just wanted to mention quickly was providers, KiwiSaver providers doing it badly. They're not reducing their fees as much as as they should be, according to the FMA. Um, You know, because because most of their fee income is proportionate to, to people's savings. And so savings, the total amount in KiwiSaver has gone up, has doubled in just uh, since 2017. Total amount of money in KiwiSaver doubled in just four years, um, partly because people have kept contributing, but largely because the markets have done so well over that period, the New Zealand and international share markets. Um, but that has tended to mean if a KiwiSaver provider doesn't do anything about it, that their income doubles and their work doesn't double. So um, the FMA is putting pressure on providers to reduce their fees, and some of them are. Some of them are reducing their fees. Some of them have got rid of their fixed membership, annual membership fee. 
Um, as from December on, all the new default providers will have got rid of their fixed annual membership fee, and others are doing that. But providers should be doing more about reducing their fees as their funds grow. But you know, we the, it, it is happening, but we just have to hope for a bit more of it. Now, is there, there was one other question: Is there time for it or not? There's not, we, but I've enjoyed no, our chat okay. as always. Yeah. We'll do it another time, yeah. Okay, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Mary. And uh, that was Mary Holm talking about how to do KiwiSaver badly.